So joining me on the Friday Film Club this week is someone who I've had the pleasure of, of joining on her own podcast, Lucy Loves. So do make sure you go and listen to that straight after this episode. Uh, it's Lucy Gourlay. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Liam. Thank you for having me. And it's it's quite fun being on the other end of the of the interviewing chair, as you say. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I've, I've listened to your podcast. Uh, Lucy Loves is just such a great show. And it's one of the shows that, that made me think that I needed to do my own kind of thing, uh, which is, you know, when I was sort of developing this, the Friday Film Club, I was thinking, I love Lucy Loves. How can I kind of put my own sort of twist on this kind of thing? Because um, because it's a very similar kind of concept that you that you do, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, why don't you tell everyone about it? Because I'm not going to be able to tell everyone. <laughs> no, well, and, and thank you for that. It's um, I think the thing is, I mean, I I love feeling good, and I love people feeling good, and so I wanted to do a podcast that just really keeps the, the, the questions to a minimum, but just helps draw out people's positives. And it was when I first started it, I, I sort of wanted to see where it went and what questions seemed to work. And I've now got, I would say, a pretty good format of fairly standard questions, which people now think of if they think of Lucy Loves, sort of the questions of what's your favourite um, or your favourite book? What's your proudest moment? What's one of your nicest compliments? And it's quite nice to have a sort of a format and the answers are so varying, which is also such fun as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. And I, I love how just positive and, and joyous it can be as well uh, with some of your guests. And I, my, one of my personal favorites uh, and one of the ones that I had the most trouble answering myself was the, your favorite or, or I guess desired dinner party guests. Uh, it really gets to the heart of, of who inspires people and, and who your guests are most inspired by. And I love that. Mm. It is, it's, it is really interesting because again, people have such different um, answers and that's what I love. Um, and I think actually just a simple format of a few simple questions, you can get such different varying answers and some are, are really funny and some are quite unexpected. Um, I, I occasionally ask just depending on the time, but I may say to somebody, what annoys you about yourself? And people say things like, oh, I procrastinate a lot, or I do too many things at once, or I never finish something. But one response that completely threw me was she said, my boobs. And I didn't know whether she'd understood my question, but she then went <laughs> on to say that they've been a complete hindrance because she's so sporty and they just get in her way. And that's what annoys her. So you just have no idea what people are going to come out with. And that's what, that's what I love about it. So. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about um, listening to your show as well is is you you get such a wide spectrum of guests, um, so mm -hmm. you're always going to get uh, at times a really unpredictable answer. Anyone that's listening to this that hasn't listened to Lucy Loves, go and immediately go and listen to it after this podcast. Um, no, thank but you. Of course, that's not your day job, is it? Um, you're a, you're a coach no. by day. Mm -hmm. That's right. No, my my podcast is a is a. It's sort of a sideline but from it it's also an opportunity to network and and meet people and be able to share a bit about what I do but yes I'm a life coach and I'm also a time to think coach so I do coaching I do mentoring I train coaches and it's great it's a lovely mix and I work with again a, a huge diverse range of clients as well mm. so that's really my my main 
my main job, as well as being a mum to two children, which always takes priority over everything, but being a mum, a coach and a podcaster. So yeah, a nice little combination of things. Yeah, and uh, I wanna I wanna dive a little bit more into that as we go through the show. But let's mm-hmm. uh, let's let's start with some questions. Uh, as always, mm-hmm. uh, we go in big. Uh, so I I want to know what is your favourite film of all time? It's a you know it's a really hard question, and I really thought loads because there's lots of films I've really enjoyed, and I I just kept thinking what have I watched over and over again that I could still watch over and over again. And so it has to be The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, what a great um, choice. Yeah, so I, I've seen it so many times and I still love it every time I watch it. And I think, yeah, as I said, there's other films I've really loved and there's other films I've watched over again, but I think it does, it will probably always boil down to The Shawshank Redemption. Mm, I, I really enjoy that film. It's been a long time since I last saw it, but mm-hmm. I think it, it was the film that made every other uh, voiceover and sort of narrator pale in comparison um, because mm-hmm. of Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. It is, I think it is the ultimate film narration mm-hmm. is yeah. Morgan Freeman in The Shawshank Redemption. Um, yeah. But I just, I remember it being a really bittersweet film. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And it's funny because I, I really hate any sort of injustice, any unfairness. I'm such a fair person. Mm. And so when somebody is convicted of something they didn't do which I know in in court and I mean being serious about it it's such a hard situation you you just don't know but obviously in the film you find out that he wasn't guilty Mm. it's so it's sort of heartbreaking really but he does he makes he makes the best of a bad situation and yes his escape and that the after life after prison sort of makes it all worth it and what he's done to get to that point makes it all worth it and I'm so I'm so pleased and I know it's only a film but I always celebrate it when people sort of have success after some unjust hardship so Mm. yeah but it it was one of those films where because of sort of the tone of the film I I wasn't sure when watching it if he was going to have a happy ending and Mm -hmm. you were you were rooting for him because like you Mm -hmm. say he wasn't he wasn't guilty mm-hmm. but were you happy that he got the ending that he got I yes I was um I was happy that he got that ending I have this weird fascination with prisons um, <laughs> people think I'm most peculiar but any any prison drama or any prison film actually I really like there's something I don't know a bit, a bit weird about me but I have a fascination for prisons and but yes no I was pleased with his with the, his end result and, um, and you're right about Morgan Freeman. I mean, he does have just a voice you just want to listen to over and over again. Mm. He really, he narrated that brilliantly. Morgan Freeman could narrate an advert for baked beans and I would, I, I would <laughs> yes. think it was the best thing in the world. Yeah, um, you go and buy them immediately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but it's a weird, it's a weird fascination uh, to, to, for prisons to be your thing. But what is your, what is your favourite prison related film or TV show? Oh, that's a hard one. Well, aside from The Shawshank Redemption, mm. I loved Escape from Alcatraz. That's oh, a good okay. film. Yeah. I've, I've but, never seen that. Oh, it's good. Good mm. film. But in recent months, I forget what it's called now, uh, with Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. And it was a, mm. a three-part, may have been on BBC iPlayer, 
three-part um, drama, and it sort of told the story from both the prison warden side and the prisoner side. Hmm. And so I really enjoyed that because you got a real insight into prisons, and I think it was probably shot as true to reality as, as allowed. So I really enjoyed that because I've got a nosy into prison life, which is weird that I have that fascination. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can't think of what it's called. That's going to infuriate me now. I know exactly what you mean, though, uh, which series you're talking about. and It's mm -hmm. still on our watch list. Um, okay. It's one of those we've been told by everyone we know to watch it and we just yeah. haven't got around to it yet. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's a really good film, though, that we come across a few years back. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen it. It's called... The Stanford Prison Experiment, mm -hmm. and it, it's just sprung to mind. And, and the, mm -hmm. I, the the premise is that it, it's based on a on a true story of uh, I think it was college kids or some some sort of researchers that were doing um, an experiment to sort of simulate um, what um, prison life was like. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, it was it, as the experiment progressed. So half of them had to be play the role of guards, and half of them had to play the role of inmates. Mm -hmm. um, but as the experiment progressed, they got more and more caught up in their roles. So the, the inmates started to feel subservient and the guards started to get that power trip of being in control. And mm -hmm. there were some really sort of unpleasant consequences as the experiment progressed. But it's a really good film and I would recommend mm. watching it. Yeah. How interesting. What's it called? Just remind me. The Stanford Prison Experiment. Okay. Oh, yeah. I shall have to look that up. That yeah. sounds right up my street. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really good. And weird, okay, weird side question. Um, because of your fascination with prison, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm pretty sure kind of knowing you a little bit that the answer to this is going to be <laughs> no. No, I'm not going to commit uh, a crime to make myself end <laughs> up in prison. <laughs> have you, okay, first question, A, have you ever been to prison? And B, if not, would you ever consider doing that 60 Days In show? where they put you in there for a, a sort of experiment? I have been to a prison. I did know somebody who was in prison. And so I went and visited them. And to be honest, that experience alone, going into a prison, would mean I wouldn't want to spend any longer in a prison, any longer than I had to, because it was actually not a very nice experience going through and having everything searched and queuing up and the doors clanging mm. and then going through. It was a, a very strange, surreal experience, actually. And when we left, I remember saying to the person I was with, gosh, that's weird knowing that the people, that we, the person we've just been to see, they can't go anywhere. They're stuck mm. there and we're now free. And it was quite a strange feeling, actually. So... So I've been to a prison, but I wouldn't want to go and spend any length of time in a prison. Mm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So I, I guess then, uh, talking of uh, unpleasant things, uh, to segue very badly <laughs> into the next question, um, what, is your, what is your least favourite film? So that's a good question because, again, I've listened to quite a few of your episodes and I've listened to what people have said and... There is one that I, I nearly said, and I realised it would upset you, and you may not be my friend anymore if I tell you. And also, it's funny because I love musicals, 
and I absolutely adore them in real life. And I, there's a lot of musical films I absolutely adore. But one film I went to see with my sister years ago was Hairspray. And we went in and I remember sitting down with my sister and we were really pleased to have a bit of time out to go to the film. And within five seconds, they were bursting into song, dancing around a school, I think, about to jump on a school bus. Yeah. And my sister looked at me as if to say, what have you brought me to? <laughs> and I remember thinking, what is this? And I didn't realise it was a musical. I think it was, I looked to see what was available to watch at that time. And that was it. And because I love, I mean, I, I'm quite sure I would love the theatre production of it, mm. but there was something about it being in a film that I just thought, oh, I don't think I could sit through this. So we didn't. And, you know, I, I can't imagine I would have ever walked out of a film before. And then I, to my horror, realised I have. So I would say Hairspray, but another one, and this will upset you, is La La Land. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I do know what... The, the second person now I to know. say La La Land. <laughs> I know, and that's why I know it would upset you. However, <laughs> that's not my least favourite. Hairspray is definitely my least favourite. But La La Land... I just, it just sort of didn't live up to my expectation and it was okay, but it's not one I would watch again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, Liam. The, the more I speak to people about La La Land, the more I realise that it's, it's a sort of love it or hate it kind of film. I think La La Land is phenomenal, but I, I, I don't think there's any kind of sitting on the fence with La La Land so fair enough, I will take that one off with you. Um, but do you know, though, I, I loved, though, The Greatest Showman. So I love music because I love films mm. like that. But So I was quite disappointed that I didn't fall in love with La La Land. So I, I guess that's why um, you maybe didn't, because La La Land as a musical is quite uh, an understated one. You know, you don't mm. really get, although it's quite, um, I, I think it's quite visually um, stunning. And I think mm -hmm. the... That, you know there's a lot of it's incredibly well put together you don't get those huge kind of musical numbers mm -hmm. and the kind of the the, the spectacle that you mm -hmm. get with some with films like the greatest showman mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I, maybe maybe that's maybe that's it yeah um, maybe but hairspray is an interesting choice um have you have you ever watched it start to finish since you walked out i haven't and that's a good point maybe I, it might be worth me revisiting that because I might feel differently because it was a long, it was, must have been when it, well, it must have been when it first came out. And perhaps I should revisit that actually because maybe I'm doing it, doing it a disservice. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's an interesting choice. I, I love the soundtrack to Hairspray. I think I would actually rather just listen to the soundtrack than watch mm -hmm. the film. But I do think it's quite a fun watch. And mm -hmm. John Travolta in drag is, is enough to, to sell me a ticket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what made you pick it in, in the cinema? I think it was one of those opportunities where my sister was visiting and we said, what should we go and do? And it was sort of a last minute, let's just see what's on. And so there wasn't really any thought into it. So it's not like I had a desire to see it or I'd even heard about it. It was just mm. what's on, what can we see? what can we lose ourselves for a couple of hours in? And so that was, that was it. So maybe if I'd read that it was a musical, perhaps I would have thought better of it. I don't know. So there wasn't really any thought as to why we picked it. It was just what was on at that time. Fair enough. 
Well, if I can make uh, a recommendation, which is when whenever you do decide to uh, rewatch Hairspray, if ever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it needs to be a, a Saturday night. You're free of any kind of chores. You can just mm -hmm. relax, bottle of wine, completely like brainless. Mm -hmm. You're not in the mood to think about anything and just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I will. I will. Now that you've said that. I will revisit it, I will find it, and I will watch it, and I will let you know what I think, Liam. Yes, thank you. Um, so how, how long into the film was it that you decided to, to call it quits? Gosh, maybe only 10 minutes. <laughs> that sounds wow, terrible, it was, doesn't it? it? <laughs> very much, snap decision, that's it. Wow. Yeah, gosh, that sounds terrible. How There's rude of me. No messing around. I was going right. to say, I've seen, I've seen critics that have left screenings after about sort of 20, 25 minutes. But 10 mm -hmm. minutes, that is, that is savage, Lucy. That is savage. Yeah, I know. Oh, and you know, I'm a really nice person. I would normally <laughs> always give everybody a chance. But I think my sister, because my sister also was like, like, what the, what have you brought me to watch sort of thing? Yeah. And I thought, she, I thought she's never going to sit through this. I'll never hit the end of it. So, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, how rude of me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, OK, next question for you. Um, which film or TV character do you most relate to? Now, I, you know, I really struggled to answer this. I know how, who I'd like to relate to, um, who I'm a really big fan of. And there's a great film called Overboard with Goldie Hawn. Mm. And I'm a huge fan of Goldie Hawn. And... I, I don't like her in the start of the film where she's very snobby and very rude, but I don't know if ever you've seen the film, but she falls overboard, bangs her head, loses her memory, and then it ends up in a sort of, not really a relationship, well, it becomes a relationship. And how she is then is sort of how I see me, somebody who just knuckles down gets on with it runs a really busy household and she's quite kooky she's funny she's and so I'd like to be like that I do run a busy household um I'm not particularly funny and I'm not kooky but I'd like to think I am so I think yeah some that sort of that's who I would see me as is Goldie Horn in um in fact in a few of her films yeah yeah, she has a type, doesn't she, Goldie Horn? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But yeah, I interesting choice, Goldie Horn from the second half of Overboard. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a specific, yes. specific character. But yeah, good choice. But to talk, I guess, a bit more about um, yourself. When I think about life coaches, uh, I, I have to admit, I'm I'm one of those people who kind of thinks that there was a little bit of just mumbo jumbo. And you tell someone to stay positive and then off they go. And, and there's not really anything, any substance there. I realise I'm being quite naive. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. So, so please enlighten me. <laughs> well, thank you for your honesty there, Liam. <laughs> um, but if I'm honest, you're not the first person that, that thinks like that. And the word life coach can mean so much to so many different people. And it depends how it's, how it's used and so, um, I mean, there is a lot, there's so much more to it, but it depends on who asks me what I do as to how I answer it. 
for that very reason, if I say to somebody, I'm a life coach, some people just roll their eyes. Oh, right. As if it's a very unimportant job or um, I'm about to tell them to go and um, hug a tree. <laughs> so um, I might say to somebody, I'm a time to think coach because somebody then might say, oh, what's that? Mm. Um, which then invites itself to be a bit more open as to what I do, which then makes a bit more sense to people. And essentially, I give people space to have a brain dump, clear their minds, but the promise with no interruption, because that's a lot of a lot of it that people don't feel they have that time to talk and be listened to without interruption. So, but life coach, you could be called an executive coach, a well-being coach, a fitness coach. There's so many ways of pitching yourself, but essentially. I support people, I champion them, I listen to them, I challenge them. And it depends why people come and see me. It can be for any number of reasons, um, ranging from somebody who is feeling at a very low point of their lives and they can't see where to go next. And they just almost need somebody to listen to them and believe in them. Equally, I have somebody who is um, in the corporate world and uh, struggles a little bit with time management and leadership skills within the work environment. So I would support them through that. Mums returning to work. I work with a whole host of different people and the word coach, I think, can be used in lots of different ways as well, because also there's lots of different types of coaching. Mm -hmm. um, some coaches, some brilliant coaches, they're really challenging. They're very direct. They want to see results. They really help drive people to get results. Whereas I'm a bit more believe that people can do it themselves, given the right support and environment, because I don't believe it's my place to necessarily push somebody or challenge them because it may be pushing them in a direction that's not right for them, but only they know that. But that in itself is quite a controversial thing to say. <laughs> Could I open up a whole can of worms talking about coaching? <laughs> it's it's interesting though, you know, I've never really thought about it in that in that kind of detail before. And I, I guess, you know, the best kind of, of coaching, it's not like you can just go on Google and find a coach and then that's it, you get what you need. Because I, I, I remember listening to your podcast, and um, apologies if I, I get the name wrong here, but was it, is it Michael Serwer? Oh, Michael Serwer, Michael yes. So, yeah. Now, um, if I remember correctly, he's also a coach, but mm -hmm. I think you and Michael have very, very different energies, and, and, and you're mm -hmm. very different types of people. So mm -hmm. I can imagine if, if someone needs a coach, it's not just a case of, okay, Google it, here's one. It's finding mm -hmm. someone that's going to really understand you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is a really good point. And you're right, Michael and I couldn't be further um, on the coaching spectrum. But he equally, I mean, he's brilliant. He's a really good coach. And he certainly appeals to a certain audience. But I think one of the things about coaching and finding a coach, all, all my business is on recommendation. Yeah, they're all referrals. And... Also, I mean, I've had people come to me to want to have some coaching and I've recognized that actually they would benefit from a different type of coach, somebody who's more business orientated, more uh, money mindset focused. Mm. And so I would direct them to to a coach that I would recommend who has expertise in that field. So I think when you're looking for a coach, when one is looking for a coach, going on Google and searching up 
would, would not help you at all. It's asking around because actually loads of people have coaches. They just don't always admit it. So it'd be asking around and then getting referrals or recommendations. And a recommendation is always a great way because you know that you've got somebody that's trusted. And is if I felt I couldn't work with somebody because I couldn't do them the, the best service, I would recommend them to the right person or who I felt might be more supportive of them and of what they, their needs are. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's really interesting. And, and uh, I guess I've never, I've just never really thought, like a lot of people I imagine, as to exactly what a coach can do for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I always thought that it was something that companies spend money on to, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever they need to do. Um, but I guess it, it can be a very personal, very individual thing as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it can be, it really can be. And people sometimes say, sort of, who needs a coach? And you could argue anyone could benefit from a coach. Mm. It's whether it's somebody to support you with a business plan or just listen to you or um, help you go for that job promotion. So we, I mean, I have a coach myself, even though I'm a coach, I have, have a coach and coaching in organizations. It's lovely if a company will invest in that because it means they're investing in their people mm. and it's great to support mental health, their well-being. And so if companies have, have got that option, that's that's great for the company. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Well, to, to continue finding out a little bit more about you, uh, my next question is, if your life was a movie, who would mm-hmm. play you? <laughs> um, gosh, who would play me? Well, I suppose I'd love to have Goldie Hawn playing me, um, but a younger version of her. She's a bit older than me, so I'd like, I'd like her as, as she was in her 30s or 40s. Um, I also love, I love actresses like Sandra Bullock because, mm. again, she's fun. She's got great comedic timing, and I really admire that. People who make you laugh, and I, I would love to think I could make people laugh, and so somebody to play me... I think would have to be somebody who's high energy and good at making people laugh. If that is a good enough answer. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a great answer. And um, so if, if, if your life was a movie, would there be mm-hmm. any particular sort of memory or any kind of day or, or kind of incident that sticks out to you as being, you know, that's the big scene in the film? Gosh, that's a really good question. Gosh, is there? Do you know, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, actually, no, I do know. This actually could be quite a fun one. I, did, I obviously did give your question some thought, Liam, and I couldn't decide whether to, how to answer it because my, my brother died 30 years ago and the scene around all of that could actually be made into something really quite comical. I mean, it was obviously, it was devastating at the time and the, the heartbreaking and all of that. But when the funeral car came to pick us all up, at the time we lived in the Midlands and where we lived, we, you had to go down a track with bumps. I think they're called sleeping policemen or, you know, the humps in the road. Yeah. And all the family, we were all in the funeral car, all very sombre. And as we drove out in this beautiful uh, black, funeral car we went over the hump because it was so heavy with the family and it, it scraped all the bottom of the car and so we started giggling and suddenly it became this weird thing because we knew we'd got another four or five humps to go over and from sitting in the back of the car 
emotional because we were about to have a funeral for my brother and we were all very tearful. We all found ourselves absolutely in fits of giggles because every time we went over this hump, the car, we were all saying, oh my goodness, the car, what damage is it doing? And suddenly we all seemed to be more worried about the car than the actual funeral. So I suppose that could be a scene from, from my life that could be made into something that's really sad, finding some humour in it, which actually my brother would have loved because he was very much... Um, all about fun and finding the jokes. He'd be the prankster. He'd be the one that would swap the salt in the sugar bowl and those sorts of things. So he would love that we were all laughing at the car scraping on the hump. <laughs> and, it, and it sort of united us in a moment of amusement that mm. something shouldn't really be very funny, but it sort of united us in a bit of a giggle. So, yes, which a bit of light relief was needed by all. So... It did definitely do that. Interesting. Well, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, you've, you've already gone back 30 years, so uh, you're doing my job for me. Uh, next question is, what's your most nostalgic film? Hmm. Okay, well, it would tie in with my, with my brother, actually. One of, my, one of the films that just means so much to me is The Jazz Singer um, with Neil Diamond. Mm. because my brother used to listen to Neil Diamond relentlessly. And in fact, his one of Neil Diamond's songs played at my brother's the, the funeral. And I've always loved that film anyway. And the music always just means something to me. When I want to feel close to my brother, then I'll play Neil Diamond. And in fact, all the family, because I'm one of six children, so there's a few of us, we all went as a family to see Neil Diamond in concert as a as a sort of a, a tribute to my brother, really. So I think the jazz singer will always have a sense of nostalgia, not necessarily the film itself, but the music. And, and I'm a huge fan of Neil Diamond as well. So I would say the jazz singer. Yeah, that's, that's such a lovely answer. And it's one of the reasons that I asked this question because um, I think films, they don't have to necessarily be the best films ever, but you know, the time that you watch them and the people you watch them with can just attach such an awful amount of, of poignancy um, to it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's, it's, a lovely, it's a lovely sort of thing to have, I guess, for you all. Mm, yeah. Yes, it is. And we do all, we, we think of Neil Diamond and we think of my brother, which is, is a really nice thing to, to think about. Yeah. Mm. Um, so then finally, what's your guilty pleasure? So... I kept thinking long and hard about this and I think it's got to be pitch perfect. <laughs> I love those films. I could probably sing extremely badly to every song from all three films. I went to see the third one, I think at the cinema with my daughter and I love it. And we, we've got the DVDs. I've seen it hundreds of times. And even if, I, if I'm channel hopping and it's on, I still want to continue watching it. Mm -hmm. And everyone will say, but mum, we've got this already, or you've seen it a hundred times. But I just, I think it's such fun. It's a bit ridiculous, but I love the singing in it. I think that there's a great combination with Rebel Wilson and Anna Kendrick, who I just think are fabulous. And so that if I could lock myself away for the afternoon, my guilty pleasure would be sitting there with sensibly a cup of tea, 
some chocolates and watching Pitch Perfect back to back, all three of them. That is an exceptional answer. And I, I have to share your love of Pitch Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, they're, they're, they're just really fun films. And mm -hmm. this will hopefully uh, brighten up your day, the news that they are making a fourth one. <gasps> are they? They are. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast episode uh, a year from now, then probably already seen Pitch Perfect 4. Um, yeah. But at the time of recording, it's in the making. Wow. I didn't think they were going to do another one. So that has, yep, filled me with joy. I'm going to love <laughs> it, I'm quite sure. So, oh, how brilliant. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good bit of news there, Liam. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on Pitch Perfect. It's yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's so fun. Uh, in fact, uh, my wife and I were just saying that we wanted to redo the trilogy because I think mm -hmm. there was there's at least one of them on Netflix, and I think they're all kind of dotted about on streaming services mm -hmm. at any one time. Um, mm -hmm. They're just they're such easy watches, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. chill out at the weekend, put it on, and, and yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. And I also, I mean, I I. I have huge admiration for singers because I can't sing at all. My singing is diabolical and I love the way they all sing and um, they sing a cappella, and the, the combination of the voices put together. I just, I'm a little bit in awe of, to be honest, which is why I think I love it so much. And of course they sing great songs. I mean, they're yeah. all songs that we all love and know well. And so that, that's part of it, which is, is brilliant. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that uh, a few years after Pitch Perfect's come out, I remember the BBC did this, uh, maybe it was ITV, but they did this talent show, which was uh, basically to find the best a cappella group mm -hmm. in England. And I think it made us appreciate Pitch Perfect all the more because mm -hmm. I think anyone that hadn't previously heard just a cappella groups mm -hmm. realised that they do not sound like Pitch Perfect. You actually mm -hmm. hear an a cappella group live. As impressive as it is, because I cannot mm. hold a note to save my life, so it's, mm. it's admirable. Doesn't mm. sound like like it does in the movies at all. Mm. No, there's there's a group. Now their name escapes me. This is terrible. I used to see them at the Edinburgh Festival, and a couple of us would go every year. And they were a cappella, and they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Mm. They were really good. And one of the guys who did the beatboxing. It was just incredible. I mean, I, I'm always impressed by anyone who can beatbox because I think that's <laughs> such a skill. In fact, my son yeah. can do a bit of beatboxing and he's actually really good at it. But um, proper beatboxers, they are amazing. Mm. And, um, oh gosh, what are they called? I'm going to say something like the Magnets. I don't think it is the Magnets. That's terrible. No, I, anyway, that's really annoyed me now. I can't think of who they're called. But anyway, they were absolutely brilliant and they, they were an a cappella group. Yeah. yeah. I guess they good ones are around but yeah that I've certainly not seen a live a cappella group that kind of mm -hmm. that, that meets my lofty expectations and I guess <laughs> I, I blame I blame Hollywood and I blame Pitch Perfect for that yes but, yes <laughs> um but yeah. Lucy thank you so much for your answers uh, so, and thank you for joining me on the Friday Film Club before I let you go do tell everyone how they can connect with you and listen to your podcast well, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's actually such fun to think about these questions because when you sent me the questions, I keep thinking, I kept going over them. So they're really good questions to ask. So thank you for that. Um, yes, you can find me on Instagram um, under Lucy Loves Podcast or my website is lucygourlay.me.com. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Lucy. And I uh, continue to enjoy and look forward to your podcast. Lovely. Thanks, Liam.
that's it for this episode of the Friday Film Club. I do hope you enjoyed it. And of course, you can listen back to all previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember as well to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Fry Film Club. We will, of course, post links to all of our guest info in the show notes. So look out for that as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you.